Warning, this episode discusses real instances of death and suicide. If any of you or anyone you know has ever thought about harming yourself or taking your own life, please seek immediate help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. Someone is always available to help. Your life is special and you are meant to be here. Please remember that. Due to the mature content of this program, listener discretion is advised. Thanks for tuning back into The Depth of Darkness, the podcast that dives deep and all things dark and wrong in this world. We're your hosts. I'm Mandy. And I'm retired Major Hugh Jass. Coming at you. In your face. Oh, yes. And uh, plentiful. <laughs> Tasty. As always. Welcome back, Fumbled. everybody. Welcome back to today's episode. We're just one shy of... 60 episodes. That's pretty awesome. This is episode 59. I'm pretty excited for that. <laughs> Moving on up. So today we're doing a little bit uh, uh, morbid topic. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about some deaths caught on live TV. Yes. Real oh, life yeah. death on live TV. And unfortunately, some of it happened back in the day. Um, some, of them, some of them you've heard of. Some of them you haven't. And... Yeah, so let's uh, let's dive in, dive deep. Without further ado, let's get into this. <laughs> uh, so, I, yes, let's go deep. And you know, I'm I'm sure all of us have seen things on TV that we wished we hadn't. So today we're going to be discussing a few of the most shocking. They are shocking, to say the least. Suicides or murders or just deaths in general that occurred on live TV, and they were unfortunately viewed by many. So let's do this. How you doing, everybody? Well, we're going to start off with numero uno, which just happens to be probably the most shocking of all uh, television-related events, anyway. Mm -hmm. The November 22nd, 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Okay. I can tell you I was just a kid when this happened. A very little kid, like four years old. I wasn't uh, watching television at the time that Kennedy's uh, assassination was played over the air. But uh, I do remember the funeral pretty clearly and what the weather was like in Chicago that day. A very rainy, kind of cool day. and Dreary. Uh, yeah. My father made me and my younger brother sit there and watch the entire yes. event unfold. Yeah. And uh, 
So all I can tell you is this, and I'm gonna, I'm going to delve into the investigation and what I think of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so understand yes. that going in. These are my thoughts. These aren't yeah. necessarily what the government says about yeah. the Kennedy assassination. Um, for one, I I think that the uh, the assumption that uh, Oswald was the one who killed President Kennedy is bullshit. <laughs> Basically, I come to that reasoning because I have shot many rifles over the years, shotguns, pistols. Um, I basically, you know, I'm target shooting more than anything, clay pigeons, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know what happens to a target when you shoot it. Say yeah. a pumpkin, watermelon, cantaloupe. Basically, yeah. what happens is the entry hole is somewhat small. Mm-hmm. And the exit hole is where you really see the crater. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, Kennedy's head came apart in the back and blew backwards. Okay? Yeah. Uh, It had to be an awful thing for his wife to see, you know? Uh, Yeah. uh, The the thing I just can't stress enough is for that to happen, he had to have been shot from the front. Mm -hmm. Okay? Oswald, I'm sure, was a great shot and all this and that. And there's been discussion whether he was even the one doing the shooting from that window up there. Right. He may not have even been the one with the rifle up there, but mm-hmm. uh, just a, overall a patsy, you know, a stooge. Yeah. And, um, but whoever hit Kennedy with that massive death shot mm-hmm. where his head came apart was sitting somewhere in front of him. Uh, a lot of people talk about this grassy knoll and... Uh, uh, that's a possibility, I suppose, uh, a real good one, because so many people saw like smoke rising from the area, like mm. gunfire was, you mm-hmm. know, a possibility, and there were some witnesses that mysteriously, tragically died, <laughs> you know, Suspicious. in their youth, yeah, yeah, in their youth, mm-hmm. and uh, that that always raises a red flag. Yeah. But the thing is, today, after all these years. We still don't know who was behind it, what caused it, what brought it about where you, you'd want to gun down one of the uh, premier statesmen in the history of the world, much less the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever it was, he struck a nerve somewhere and someone wanted him gone. And Yeah, uh, maybe he knew too much. Well, he, <laughs> he, certainly, knew too, he certainly knew too much. Yeah. But uh, it was probably more along the lines of what he would talk about. And, uh, right, and you know, to shut him up. Yeah, that's my feeling on it. And like I said, it's mm-hmm. my feeling. Now, right. I am, as much as I can be, mm-hmm. I am certain about what I said about gunshots and the damage they cause. Mm-hmm. Anybody who says different, who says you could get shot from behind like that and cause that kind of damage is full of crap. Yeah, it's They're always full the... full of shit. It's always shot. the exit wound that's the, oh, the yeah. most damaging. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not even going to speculate on who did it or what happened. Especially depending on the type just... of bullet, because there's those ones that like expand after they enter into your body. Oh, yeah. And just those are known as hollow, po- hollow points. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Those are bad. <laughs> yeah. Or Ugh. good, depending on which side of the, you know, the gun you're on. Ugh. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you really want to, if you're going to shoot a gun, you, you want to do it once. You don't want to have to keep 
doing it, I guess. Right. But this whole thing with uh, that particular shooting, that's all I can say. I am mm-hmm. certain that I feel that way about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While I'm no expert, I have shot many, many rifles and shotguns. And, you know, yeah. I just know. It was an inside job, more likely. Well, is, then is I, I'm not even going to say that. I'm just going to say everyone knows it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way Oswald, if he was the one who shot that rifle, there's no way that he did that damage to yeah. the president's head. Just he look didn't. at him. No. <laughs> no, he might have shot the other bullet that came through him from behind, but mm-hmm. uh, not that one that blew his head apart. No. Yeah. So Speak- that's all I've got on that. <laughs> Speaking of Lee Harvey Oswald, that's number two. (laughs) Nice segue into the next one. So the second death caught on live TV was actually the assassination, if you want to call it that, of Lee Harvey Oswald, who was the supposed, now that's who they convicted for the crime of the assassination of JFK. Whether it's accurate or not, we may never know. But he was the one who was supposedly the assassin. Um, so I'm going to give you kind of like a history on him, kind of see m- maybe what was wrong in this man's head. But Lee Harvey Oswald, that's what he'll always be remembered for, is basically the man who assassinated JFK. When you hear that name, that's what you think of. Uh, he was born on October 18th, 1939 in New Orleans, and he was described as temperamental and rather introverted growing up. <laughs> so he's a little bit of a loner. And uh, when he got older, he ended up enlisting in the U.S. Marine Corps in 1956 at the age of just 17. So he was considered a minor, and apparently he had his brother sign off the papers on him so he could enlist. But he was actually released from active duty in, like, late 1950s. And uh, he actually was defected to the Soviet Union in 1959, which, you know, he's a... Doesn't that come off as treasonous? He's a treasonous dick. He's a commie. (laughs) A little wiener. He ended up marrying a woman in Russia, a Russian wife, brought her back to the States in about 1962. And from there, that's when all hell broke loose upon his return. Uh, So on November 22nd, 1963, he peered. Now, this is supposed, again, kind of going off of what Hugh just mentioned. According to resources, he peered out of a window from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository in Dallas. um, Dallas, Texas, if you guys didn't know. And yes. uh, he supposedly shot three bullets into Dealey Plaza, which is where, you know, from that historical imagery that the we see, that's right. Right, that's that's where um, Kennedy was driving through through that plaza when he got shot, and it killed the president. Again, it's up for speculation whether or not he was the actual assassin, but we don't know. <laughs> But this is what this this is going leading up to his own assassination. People assumed him to be the assassin, and they took action into their own hands. So uh, just just a few days after JFK's assassination, on November twenty fourth, nineteen sixty three, Oswald was actually being escorted by the police um, to be taken to prison to jail uh, for obviously being accused of the assassination. And uh, a nightclub operator by the name of Jack Ruby came up to Oswald from the side. Um, there was a huge crowd encircling, you know, the, the cops and Oswald as they were walking out to go to the cop car. And this man, Jack Ruby, came up, pulled out a shotgun, and shot Oswald right in the abdomen. And apparently, upon this, the crowd were, the crowd was ecstatic. They're like, woo, yeah! You know, huge applause. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can't blame them, though. 
You know, I mean, he murdered, supposedly, again, but they assumed him to have murdered JFK. And JFK, I mean, I wasn't alive then. I wasn't, yeah. but. I was. <laughs> he I was loved by thing. many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, was, he was a very good president and loved by many, and a that lot was of a people were pissed. a handgun, by the way. Just yeah, mentioning. Yeah, yeah handgun. handgun. Did yeah, I say put shotgun? It like point blank right in his stomach. Yeah, shot him right in the abdomen, close range. And this is a perfect example of karma, and it came back full force and with vengeance on this bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's kind of ironic, right, that not only his shooting, uh, you know, his assassination of JFK was on live TV, but then he goes and gets assassinated and shot on live TV, not only in front of a huge surrounding crowd, live and in person, but also on TV. So thousands upon thousands of people saw his death on TV. Um, and after being shot, Oswald, Oswald was actually taken to Parkland Memorial Hospital, which again, ironically, it's actually the very same hospital that JFK was taken to. And that's where he was pronounced dead at. Unfortunately, Oswald died at 1.07 PM on November 24th, 1963, according to the news broadcasts after the fact. And you'll like this, Hugh, (laughs) if he is actually the assassin of JFK, Uh, apparently after his autopsy was performed, the medical examiner described the cause of death. So Lee Harvey Oswald didn't die on site after getting shot. He died a few hours later. So he was feeling it, (laughs) you know, and in the abdomen, he bled internally. You can imagine the amount of pain. But once the bullet went through his abdomen, remember this is that close range. Once it went through his abdomen, it damaged his spleen, stomach, aorta, vena cava, kidney, liver, diaphragm, that's just to mention a few, (laughs) and his 11th rib before finally making itself at home in his right side. Now, isn't that comforting? Doesn't that sound just so comfortable? (laughs) He sounds like he was a pinball machine or something. Yeah, blink, 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 blink. Okay, I'm going to sit right here. (laughs) Tilt. So, yeah, that was another uh, on-live TV broadcast of a a murder, basically. Even though he didn't die right away, it still was witnessed by many. Yes, guilty or not, he got his. Yeah, Kama's a bitch. (laughs) All (laughs) righty. Moving on to the next grisly scene. We we are back in the Kennedy family once again, discussing what happened to Robert F. Kennedy, Robert Francis Kennedy, on June 5th, 1968. After giving a speech... Kennedy was shot at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles three times. Mm. Kennedy died of his wounds 26 hours later. So talk about feeling it. Yeah. Poor guy, you know. Uh, basically, this this assassination was attributed to a, a guy named Sirhan Sirhan, a Pakistani-born uh, person who actually, uh, I'm not sure if he worked at the Ambassador Hotel or if he just happened to be there in that little pantry area where Kennedy was walking through. Mm -hmm. Kennedy was kind of taking a shortcut from his speech on stage back to where there was going to be a press press gathering Mm -hmm. so he could get to them quickly and easily. How they had the foresight to have cameras in there at the moment, at the moment that Kennedy would be walking through and get shot, that seems a little strange to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little too lucky, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, I just I there's been many things speculated about Sirhan Sirhan over the years. His 
his motives, if he had a motive. Uh, mm-hmm. There was speculation about a second gunman being present. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the kill shot for Kennedy happened uh, behind him, they say, whereas Sirhan mm-hmm. Sirhan was in front of him. And they said it also happened at point-blank range because there was a scorch mark on his skin. Oh, gosh. Uh, so someone literally had to put a gun right up to his head and pull the trigger. That's and, nice. uh Yeah. You know, basically, so here's Sirhan Sirhan, and then, moments later, there's another one. So someone else is in there uh, causing problems, and Mm -hmm. then they have this made-to-order patsy thing going on again. Yeah. The only way Sirhan Sirhan lucked out is he didn't get, you know, shot in the stomach or whatever the next day. He's still riding in prison somewhere, actually, Mm -hmm. 52 years later. But, uh... Yeah, it's coming up on the anniversary of that, by the way, June 4th. But wow. uh, it, it is odd that the cameras were all there and running as mm-hmm. Kennedy make his quick exit off stage, just walking through a short distance before he got to the other area where the media was gathered mm-hmm. and uh, caught everything. Basically, yeah. there's probably some really good angle footage that we've never seen. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, like the Zapruder film with JFK, you know, we wouldn't have seen any of that if it wasn't for Zapruder. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was very odd. Robert Kennedy, probably, I, I'm just guessing, but he was very popular. Yeah, much same more, with JFK. Much, much more popular than, than Richard Nixon was. And it's mm-hmm. not like Nixon wasn't popular. He was popular, especially with the older crowd in 68. But I don't think he would have beaten Bobby Kennedy. You know, Nixon struggled mm-hmm. to beat Hubert Humphrey. And Humphrey was pretty dull, a dull kind of guy. Didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of charisma or a big fan base. Yeah. Whereas Bobby Kennedy might have been every bit as popular as his brother, JFK. Yeah. And um, whatever happened with Bobby Kennedy, for whatever reasons, it's another one of those mysterious shootings um, mm-hmm. Where there's plenty of cl- pl- plenty of conspiracy theories that surround it. Right. All you can say for sure is Sirhan Sirhan was in front of him, and the kill shot came from behind him. Right. That nobody's disputing that from the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that famous guy who did the autopsy of Marilyn Monroe and John Belushi. I'm trying to remember his name. Anyway, oh Sirhan Sirhan was a. Uh, Evidently, a guy that took a number of odd jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, he was even a groom at the Santa Anita racetrack, it says. And, yeah. uh, you know, th- there's there's another thing that was kind of uh, strange in the whole shooting. Uh, evidently, there was a woman in a polka dot shirt that screamed out, We shot Kennedy as she ran away with another man out the door of the hotel. What? <laughs> the police discounted that. And said they probably said they shot Kennedy, but who knows? You know? Yeah, who knows? There's <laughs> uh, a young woman with another man exuberantly exclaiming, mm-hmm. "We shot Kennedy!" So, Damn. you know, what kind of moron thinks that's a good thing? No, you know? yeah, he would have been a good president too. And oh yeah, you know, it's just there's so much graft and corruption, and mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> It's just, you know, who who wants to even be part of it? I give the Kennedys props for even wanting to be in politics, yeah. much less with this den of vipers. 
these <laughs> scumbags that you know basically uh, should be hung by their penises until something <laughs> snaps off uh, you know um on that note everybody we're gonna actually cut to a short commercial break and we'll be right back <laughs> we wanted to do a quick shout out for our friend Corey, also known as poltergeist od i've talked about him before everybody go check him out He's an extremely talented musician who takes horror movies and concepts and turns them into musical masterpieces. Yes, he's that good. Check him out on Instagram and YouTube. I'll leave the links in the description box down below. In times such as these, you know they're hard on everybody. We should really be striving to support small businesses and entrepreneurs. And he definitely deserves more recognition. So go give him a listen. Let him know we sent you. Much dark love. And now we're back. Hello. Back in action. Back in black. <laughs> All right. And now number four, and that is Christine Chubbick. Chubbick? I apologize. Chubbick. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I Chubbuck. Chubbick. I, I wasn't alive. <laughs> Needless to say, uh, when this occurred. So, um, born on August 24th, 1944, in Hudson, Ohio, Christine Chubbick. I'm just going to say Chubik. There you go. Forgive me. I'm, I'm not being disrespectful. I just don't know what's her name. <laughs> um, she became known as the first news broadcaster to commit suicide on live TV. It's very unfortunate, mm. a very sad story, so I'm going to go over that. It was mentioned that growing up, Christine was known for being a bit of a loner, and she even created her own club for all the quote-unquote misfits or rejected girls at her high school who never had dates. And they called that club the Dateless Wonder Club. Now, first off, that's sad. <laughs> That's so depressing on its own, you know, just as a young, and she wasn't, I mean, she was a pretty girl from the pictures I saw. She was completely normal. You know, there's nothing wrong with her. And it's so sad to think that she felt like she was never good enough. But it was reported that Christine had suffered with depression and suicidal tendencies for many years and that the major driving force for her emotional demons uh, was due to the fact that she had kind of a lack of intimacy and a lack of rom- romantic relationships in her life, and just r- strong relationships in general. She kind of lacked that, and that's so sad. She was extremely smart and ultimately received her degree in broadcasting from Boston University in 1965. So she was very intelligent, and it showed in her work ethic. They actually came out, I think, with a movie called Christine. I think that's what it's called, based on this whole situation, uh, kind of the back history of her and all that. But after she graduated college, she actually worked for a few news stations before she ended up at, it was, it was called WXLT-TV back then, uh, but now it's referred to as WWSB. I don't know if it's changed since then, but that's where she was employed at the time of her death. So getting to that. On July 15th, 1974, Christine announced that she would be announcing the opening newscast where she would read a few national news stories, as well as discuss a shooting that had occurred in Sarasota, Florida, just a few days before this broadcast. The film reel for that shooting, it apparently got jammed during the broadcast. So once that happened, Christine actually, you know, continued on. She kind of shrugged it off and she's like, This is her exact quote, and this is so horrifying. She said, Keeping up with Channel 40's policy of bringing you the latest in blood and guts. Another first, an attempted suicide. And at that point, she then proceeded to take out, it was apparently a .38 caliber revolver. She shot herself right in the head. uh, um, She basically, upon shooting herself, she abruptly fell forward from the impact, and then all of a sudden the broadcasters panicked and screen went blank. Um, All the black. But um, 
very sad case. And I mean, the fact that she felt like no one cared about her or loved her enough to try and understand her emotional, you know, issues that was going on, those demons that I mentioned, um, that's what makes it more shocking. I mean, this is super shocking. Imagine the people watching the news just trying to get their information going on in the world, and then they witness that. There were kids, there was families, teenagers, anybody you can think of, they're watching that broadcast. And it's it's just a very sad case. Oh, so depressing. Hugh, yours is depressing too, but let's move on to number five. Alrighty then. This is a little bit different compared to the other two I've already spoken about. This is in regards to January 28th, 1986. Uh, The world watched as the Space Shuttle Challenger broke apart 73 seconds into its flight, leading to the death of its seven crew members, five astronauts, and two payload specialists. That would be Mm -hmm. Francis Scobie, the commander, Michael Smith, the pilot, Ronald McNair, mission specialist, Ellison Onizuka, mission specialist, Judith Resnick, mission specialist, Greg Jarvis, payload specialist, and teacher Krista McAuliffe, who was working as a payload specialist. His name Um, is Rick Jarvis? Greg Jarvis. Oh, okay. I was like, Ricky Jarvis? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. No. All right. Carry on. (laughs) Now, the interesting thing is, you know, I'm a big uh, conspiracy theory guy. I kind of like that. But there is claims out there that this crew, at least five of them, are still alive to this day. Mm. Like sightings? In fact, this article that I was reading from uh, is on ultimateconspiracies.com, and it labels this the Challenger hoax. And mm. it was written August 18th, 2015. Basically, it goes after the people I listed. It says, but what if they didn't really die? I may have found five of the seven still alive today. Some of them still use their same names. Mm. The U.S. government is infamous for their cover-ups and hoaxes from 9-11 to Roswell. What is interesting is Judith Resnick and Michael Smith are both college professors. Judith at Yale School of Law and Michael at Wisconsin State School of Engineering. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, I look at the picture of Michael Smith, and that's him. I mean, that's him all these years later with the gray hair, you know, handsome guy. He's got the bright blue eyes. It's him. The smile's the same, everything. It's Ugh. him. There's no question about it. Now, you come down here to Judith Resnick. I'm not mm-hmm. so sure about that one because, uh, you know, uh, life can be hard on some people. And mm-hmm. it could be her. Not saying it's not. But yeah. she was a real babe when she was in her heyday on the Challenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just say she's changed. Not that I'm <laughs> Carrie she's Grant. She's just, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, been through a few she's bumps in the road, mainly. <laughs> I'm not sure at all, but uh, they do show another picture of Ellison Onizuka. Mm-hmm. That could be him. It's hard to tell. The smile's different. Mm-hmm. And they do show Ronald McNair, mission specialist, and that could also be him. But it's nothing definite, uh, mm-hmm. as well as a picture of Francis Scobie, the commander. Yeah. Could be him. You know, the eyes are could similar. Be. They're far set. It, it's similar. But mm. the guy, Michael Smith, the pilot, that really looks like him. If it That's isn't crazy. him, <laughs> it's someone related to him or something, because it's weird. Yeah. And, uh, th- th- but, but it is a weird hoax story. 
And mm-hmm. I was watching that day. I was in like e- eating lunch at work, mm-hmm. and I was in the break room, and it broke in. You know, the challenger broke in, and they showed it. And this was just moments after it happened, where they broke into the, you know, the networks and showed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all just stunned. Yeah. The thing when it exploded, it took off like a Roman candle. You know, going in all different mm-hmm. directions. And it was very strange and. Leading up to that flight, uh, all anyone spoke about was Krista McAuliffe and how great this was, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as a teacher sending a teacher into outer space. And I guess, uh, you know, it, it, it was the most shocking thing I saw. It even shocked me more than uh, uh, Oswald getting shot back in 63. And I saw that live. Mm-hmm. This shocked mm-hmm. me even more because uh, it was so you know, unexpected, and these were people you liked and looked up to. Oswald, you wanted to spit on him at that time. Yeah. but That's why everybody cheered when he got shot. Shoot him again, (laughs) shoot him again, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah, you know, Jack Ruby was, of course, (laughs) I'm sure he was celebrated for doing that, but uh, I would have been mad if I was a cop, because I would have wanted to get to the bottom of things, but um, yeah, just the same. This whole thing with the shuttle Challenger, hopefully that's mm-hmm. just a, a a big uh, theory and no no truth to it. Hopefully, because hopefully. there's no reason yeah. I can think of why they would want to do that to somebody. Uh, as far as yeah. doing a hoax like that, um, yeah, I don't no, know. I can't think of a single reason. That's why it's conspiracy. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Well, that was number five. We're going to move on to the last one. We we only have six on the list. We might do a part two of this because a lot of shocking things happen on TV and there's a lot more deaths, unfortunately, that are caught on camera. But this last one, I didn't see it live on TV, but I have seen the video, unfortunately, and it is a very shocking video that was broadcast live as well as in front of a live audience. And that was the, again, another suicide of Robert Bud Dwyer. Oh, yeah. So... Um, yeah. Uh, Robert Bud Dwyer, he was born on November 21st, 1939, and he was the 30th state treasurer for Pennsylvania. In the early 1980s, Pennsylvania came to discover that its state workers had actually overpaid federal taxes due to some errors in state withholding. So after this discovery of the errors, a multi-million dollar recovery contract was required to to determine the compensation to be paid back to all of those state workers who had overpaid. And in 1986, Dwyer was actually convicted, so he he was going to be going to jail, for accepting a bribe from the California firm that actually won that contract Hmm. uh, to pay back all the people who overpaid. And um, he was actually found guilty on 11 counts of conspiracy, mail fraud, perjury, and interstate transportation in aid of racketeering. And he was scheduled... Yeah, he was scheduled to be sentenced on January 23rd, 1987, um, and he was extremely distraught about this. Now, whether or not he actually was involved in that, he maintained his innocence until the day he died. So we don't know if it was actually him or if it was somebody else, and he was basically getting, you know, he was a black sheep that got the blame put on him. Don't know. But basically on January 22nd, 1987, Dwyer ended up holding a news conference in, in the in the Pennsylvania State Capitol, where he continued to claim he was innocent. He wanted to make an announcement, obviously, before they put him in prison. Yeah. He proceeded to take a .357 Magnum revolver out of an envelope. 
He told the audience that if the next action would likely affect them, that they should leave the room. So he gave them forewarning what was to come. And he then proceeded to place the gun in his mouth and he pulled the trigger. There you go with your bad sound effects again. <laughs> there we go. Kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, except of. maybe not that many times. <laughs> it was just a one, one shot and done, but oh, it was bad. But not only was a suicide in front of a very large live audience, you know, again, it was held in the state capitol building, but it was also being broadcast live as well. Yeah. So thousands of people around the state of Pennsylvania witnessed it, uncut and all. Yeah. Like, I saw it in Chicago and it was uncut. Yeah. It's it bad. looked like he had a garden um, hose going off out of his mouth. It was bad. You, you can only hope yeah. he died right away, right on impact. You can only hope because, good God, that was bad. But really, really shocks me about this one is that he basically told the audience to leave if his actions would affect them. So he kind of gave them a hint of what was to come. Whether or not they caught on to it right away, he moved real fast. Like he's like, you know, please leave the room, pulled it out, shot himself right away. So I don't think anybody really had time to stop him. Or even if they did, they were in so much shock of what they were seeing, they like froze, you know, they froze. And it's just, it's, an, it's another sad case and a reminder that we all battle our own demons, no matter what level of severity. And, you know, as shocking as these all are, um, obviously it's darkness of humanity. You know, we want to cover all these dark topics and these are some really dark ones, you know, deaths caught on live TV. So that about does it for today's episode. Get ready for these closing statements. We know you love them. Uh, <laughs> hey, I would like to add one other thing. It's about that coroner I was trying to think of. It was Thomas Noguchi. He's the one who did the autopsy on Bobby Kennedy. And he discovered that Kennedy died from the shot that entered just below and behind his right ear, but that there were scorch marks around the entry wound. This meant that the shot must have come from behind Kennedy and that the muzzle of the gun must have been within an inch or so of Kennedy's head. When it was uh, fired. Uh, by, by nearly all accounts, Sirhan had been in front of Kennedy and had mm-hmm. never gotten closer than several feet. Uh, so they so just, just pinned to, it on him. Yeah. Is what basically. they leave us to believe. Yeah. Oh, yep. gosh. Ugh. That's horrible. Yeah. There you go, everybody. Cheery. <laughs> Back to our closing statements. If you love yourself a hefty dose of Mandy and huge ass in your face, then don't forget to rate and review us on Apple iTunes and share our podcast with family and friends to help spread that dark cheer. (laughs) Gotta get real, uh, you know, excited over it. And just real. (laughs) Just get real. Yeah. Get real. To get access to bonus episodes each week, along with a ton of awesome incentives, consider becoming a patron. Our Patreon tiers start as low as just $1 a month, so you'll get four extra episodes each month for just a dollar. Cheap. I mean, come on. That's not going to break the bank, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> along with a lot more. So give our tears a looky down below. Show us some dark love. And until next time, bye. Bye.